Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? Feeling, feeling good, feeling blessed. How are you feeling? Ah, I'm feeling grounded. Ooh, grounded. Yeah. I like that. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. Hey. Hey. So look. You got an affirmation for us? I have an affirmation for us today. Yeah. Uh, It's going to come from your book. Your book is actually been been a great resource for me in this journey. I was looking at you and I saw your book on the table. I surely thought you were coming from your book today. Oh, no. We're reading from a toolkit for mothers who are investigating grief's process. There's an affirmation for you in there? Absolutely. And I I tell people all the time, it's it's for us all. Mm. I'm going to read from page 80. Okay. I speak to find the wisdom that is there. Mm. I speak to understand more about myself and what I'm feeling. I speak to allow my feelings to be true. I speak to resolve what's conflicting inside. Mm. I'm speaking for my wellness. I'm speaking as an act of self-love. Wow. Page 80. (laughs) Hearing you read that out loud and the pauses that you you took, I I experienced it exactly how I experienced it when I wrote it for the first time. Mm. It took me back. Took me back for sure. I love that you selected that. Because it's, I think it's an, a reminder too for me on this day of how important it is to say what it is that you're feeling. I come from a people that not often say exactly how they feel when they feel it mm-hmm. and fear that their words might change the trajectory. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in my experience with grief, I have found it so important to just say what you're experiencing, let it go from your mind. Yeah. And when I do that, it rids me of my conflict. It rids me of my wrestling and I feel well. Mm -hmm. And when I'm well, when I do that, I am practicing self-love. You are, you are. And I I also want to say that, I think that when we have these practices and we feel well, we are making room for wellness to visit all the spaces in our body where Mm -hmm. discomfort may exist or dis-ease may exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly our emotions are linked to our physiological health. Absolutely. Right? So doing this is certainly an act of self-love, but it is making, it is helping my sustainability. I I chose this affirmation because it is very consistent with my, with how I create art. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I'm just realizing this, that not by my own choosing, but by the very nature of who I am, how long I've had to investigate grief in my writing. Mm. I remember the songs I wrote before I was grieving. Um, the world still sings them. And and fortunately, some of those songs still speak to me. Mm-hmm. But Source of Light. <sighs> Source of Light. That didn't come from 
any form of grief that came from exploring life abundantly and exploring right the love and, and speaking to the circumstance of my young people right and beautiful things have also come from me investigating my grief but when I just said this out loud, I realized how long I've had to be writing to explore this. Mm. And I'm grateful other songs, right? Because grief isn't only sadness. Right. But grief has caused me to investigate these feelings and has been a huge um, centerpiece in why I come to my writing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just released an album. Mm-hmm. Legacy Talk Only, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Beginning of March. And I'm finding a lot of joy in this album in terms of uh, the art I get to create around it, mm-hmm. uh, the conversations I get to create around it, the conversations that are finding me, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was in the barbershop the other day. And a dude pulled me kind of close in proximity. He didn't say it too loud, but he said it directly to me. And he said, hey, bro, for real, like the music and, and everything you do and say, it really got me, you know, like, I'm trying to be more into my woman. <laughs> you know, he said it. He said it very clearly. He's like, because this is where I'm at, right? This is my wife. This is who I'm with. But it's it's really showing me like I can I can do more to get actively involved in this relationship. Mm. I had no I wasn't expecting that because I am making no critique of any other person and how they show up in their relationship. Right. I'm only showing up in mine the best way I know how. Wow. But if it is true that it is what we do that truly inspires other and not what we say alone. Yeah. I'm glad that the actions are consistent with what caused me to write this music. Yo, first I want to just celebrate that you released another album. That's not a small statement and that's not a small thing. Like when you think about it, all that it entails, not just the writing, it's the lived experiences of your writing. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's placing them with melody, with rhythm, right? And there's creativity there in its placement. It's recorded. Mm-hmm. It's then mixed. It's mastered. And it's all, it's the context by which you had to do the recording. Mm-hmm. A lot of that happened with Kamali in your arms. Absolutely. A lot of changing happened over time with her yeah. and with you, right? Yeah. It's, and it, it's so much story. I would even dare to say that this is one of your most intimate albums. So it does not surprise me that someone would come to you and almost like a, I mean, you said he wasn't, he didn't say it loud. So I'm going to say almost like a whisper Mm -hmm. to share with you a very intimate part of his journey, his lived experience. Like you created a safe space in that moment for him. And that is incredibly profound. Wow. Wow. It is important for me to feel I love how I love what you brought to my awareness because sometimes in the process of creating art and then giving it away. That part. Now, sometimes in that process, um, you can forget some of the knowings. 
mm-hmm. or all of what's happening, which is really why I wanted to bring this album and this conversation to Soul Affirmations. I'm glad because you did. to the public, it, you know, it's a you release an album. You know what I'm saying? People listen to it. Uh, they evaluate it. They leave their remarks, their emojis, however they rank albums, right? Because these days just boil down to emojis. <laughs> Get right? three fires, five fires. <laughs> right. But <laughs> a couple of claps. <laughs> it's helping me to remember that beyond the critique of music, there is a purpose of music, mm. right? And it is doing the things that I desired for it to do. But I'm in the, I'm in the stage where it is. You named all those phases of the writing, the recording, recording with Kamali in my hands too. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to say that the videos that people saw, there wasn't no cap in that, right? This is, mm-hmm. but I'm, her in my arms. Was what we both needed in that moment, mm-hmm. right? It it wasn't for consumption. It was what we both needed. That closeness, mm-hmm. uh, that safety. But what I'm also experiencing is after you do all the things and get past the mix and you love it and yeah. you, you let it go. Yeah, the you let it go. I don't get to determine how and when it comes back to me and how it finds me. I let it go, right? When you plant a seed in the soil, you don't get to determine when it grows. You just do (laughs) all the things necessary for it to grow. Mm -hmm. Right. And doing the things necessary for it to grow for me me and music, right, is like showing up and connecting with my people. Mm -hmm. Right. And creating experiences. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the feelings I feel a little disassociating from where I was in creating the music. Let me just tell folks, like, I'm creating this music for you because, like, the affirmation says, I needed to speak these truths. I needed to explore these feelings. Mm-hmm. And I remember a time in my grief where I was afraid that, like, my jaws was going to get clenched shut. Mm. And it was this intersection between what is there to say? But mm-hmm. knowing I had so much more to say, I just wasn't ready. But I wasn't sure if my jaws would clench shut in that time, if I would record again, mm-hmm. uh, if I would keep going, uh, or what it would be like when I decided to share those things. So we have the side of music that is strictly art, um, emoting processing, building on my knowings and investigating grief. But then you got this side of the music where it's like, it feels like you got to run it through the machine, right? The metrics, the visibility, the playlists. Uh, Creating the music is really fun. Yeah. The work of distributing the music is... (laughs) <laughs> you, you try to make it as fun as possible because it's just, it feels like it's so much work mm-hmm. as an independent artist. Mm-hmm. Right. But no one is creating when you are processing your grief, when you are making art, 
it was never meant to be subjected to a machine. Right. Yeah. It's for people. Mm-hmm. But we have a ecosystem now where people, a lot of people are only accessing it through machines. Ah. Right. Um, now there are experiences where you can create intimate experience with the project, but ultimately that machine feels so differently than who I am, why I create, um, and what this project means. Mm-hmm. Like when I look at legacy talk only, right? I mean, the title says it, but a big part of this project is around exploring wellness as a new genre. Mm. Right. And it's because if, let's say hip hop is 50, right? Hip hop has turned 50. Mm-hmm. I'm 37. So I exist in this really close proximity in this intersection of hip hop, mm-hmm. especially by the lived experiences of my older siblings. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I've experienced it for myself, but in my, in my own lifetime, and especially as of recent, we've seen so many rappers, so many rappers, um, no longer here with us. Mm. And this is anything from wellness, uh, substance use and abuse, um, health complications that didn't include any drug use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, those are the pillars. Those are the the big homies. And then from like my age all da- on down, I'm lying. It's actually not my age on down. It's been happening far longer. But you look at the gun violence in hip hop, right? I say yeah. my age because the way the way it happens so frequently now. But I realized I was a kid when they took Pac from us. Yeah. When they took Big from us. Yeah. Right. Um, and Big L, and the list goes on. But me seeing hip hop. And me seeing hip have that happen to hip hop, mm-hmm. I don't wait for somebody else to give permission to say, all right, we're going to change the page now. We're going to be on something else, right? It's my job as a practitioner of this culture, as a keeper of this culture, uh, to determine where I want to go and where we want to go. So when we say wellness is a new genre, it's to create that room in hip hop to explore wellness. Right. Mm. Not the facade of having everything you need, mm-hmm. not the facade of being better than the next person, not the facade of um, be, how well you can brag. Right. Or in many cases, how well you can hide the fact you married, because we've seen that happen. In, <laughs> that blows my mind hey, listen, every time we've seen that happen in hip hop for years. Right. And this is a no specific fault of the artist. Yeah, you got to take responsibility. But there was for a large part an agenda hip hop around consuming. um an image mm-hmm. and it wasn't about like exploring our wellness. So when I say wellness is the new genre, this project is the antithesis to exploring that. And I'm just putting a flag in the ground, right? To say, this is where we are and this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. Being able to use the art to heal. Like music was always supposed to be spiritual. Yes. Right. Not just consume. So using the art to heal using the art to create spaces for others to have conversations, using the art to create spaces for others to examine their own practice as a father, as a husband, as a partner. How do I contribute to legacy? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And legacy is in many forms, but it's not just defined by what we hand down when we go on. This project 
this album has brought me in proximity to spaces and conversations where I've learned how to front load legacy. And that wasn't something that I previously thought about when I thought about legacy. But in me speaking to more fathers and more husbands around the idea of legacy, how do we begin to front load some legacy? I, I love that frame, that frame of mind, mm-hmm. that approach, that perspective. And I want you to break down more of what that means, like front loading yeah. legacy as compared to back. Like, well, yeah, I guess the, the idea or the, the antiquated thinking or the common thinking, right? That like you, you work your whole life and you, you have these resources, this money, this life insurance policy, these things, property or the values you can hand down to your children when you're gone. Mm. You can hand down to your children when you're gone. Mm-hmm. Something about that just don't sit right to me for legacy. Because mm. it's almost like we're waiting to build it, waiting to establish it. Like legacy starts later. Legacy starts now in these very moments. Mm. The way we spend time with our children. So the reason why I'm rapping with Kamali in my arms, because one of the forms of legacy that we're building is love and connectedness. Mm. Quality time spent. And whether you're going from a scientific standpoint mm-hmm. around the greatest variables that impact cognitive development mm-hmm. or financial, this quality time can't be replaced, right? Mm. Love cannot be replaced by any other thing. So building that with Kamali now was incredibly important to me. Mm-hmm. But I also learned from fathers and husbands who have been doing this a lot longer than I have, what are the types of legacy we can front load, right? Mm-hmm. So we can also front load access to financial resources. Mm. We can plan to give them access to capital along certain ages. We can plan for their college and have accessibility or their post-secondary interests. Mm-hmm. We can give them access to resources now in, in terms of travel being a form of education. Mm. Right. We can front load legacy in terms of the competencies we give them the literacies we give them, um, the access to credit and whatever else we give them, um, how to put them, like practical stuff they were teaching me, how to put them in your business, how to write them off. Mm. So these were all these different forms of front-loading legacy that weren't previously, I wasn't previously privy to because no one was having these types of conversation in my proximity. And of no fault to my parents who did an amazing job raising eight kids in the era that they did. But the Legacy Talk Only album has created several Legacy Talk spaces. <laughs> and when you get to use art as a medium to create these spaces and create these learnings and create this game being handed down on the table, that's huge. And I thought that's what hip hop was supposed to do, right? Hip. The knowing, hop, the movement. Mm. So once you know better, you got to do better. You mean to tell me we get to recycle the behavior of not doing better, although we know? (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. So, yeah, I just, I found that like, while I'm experiencing the discomfort of this project being put through the machine, Mm. I was aware enough to create my own experiences Mm -hmm. that the only metrics of 
impact would not be what the machine says, but what the people say. Mm. But in order to do that, you have to create experiences for the people. And that. Not just give them a song. Give them experiences. And I feel like that is so hard. And I can't speak for you, but I only say that I feel like it's hard because of the machine and how people now are consuming music and how it's changed over time. And it, it just feels like it's such a hard thing for people to get access to when you are working independently. True, true. But it doesn't mean that the rain ain't falling on the seed. It doesn't mean that the seed isn't growing and getting the nutrients. Mm. It might grow at a different rate. But who wants GMO foods anyway? I Right? Like, so let, <laughs> let mine, for real, let mine grow a little. Let it take some time a little. Mm. But these types of habits of mine give me the reward I need to have the endurance to keep going. It isn't waiting on what a site says yeah. or what the metric says. Yeah. It's creating up close and personal opportunities for us to explore wellness as a new genre. And that isn't being done. Mm. So I stand in acknowledgement of the wisdoms and the lessons my grief has brought me. Because I also know that when looking for references, when in grief, there was no machine handing out the reference, right? There was no machine telling you how to do it and get better. So if I said, if there, if, if the machine couldn't do that, then I'm going to also do something else the machine doesn't do, right? And that's create the conditions for Mm. us to be better in our practices as fathers, Mm -hmm. as partners, as husbands. Mm Because of all the programming that I was aware of that they were giving us that was stagnating our ability to connect more deeply. If we had music that encouraged us to not look at a brother next to us as a potential competitor, right? Mm -hmm. But as somebody you can collaborate with. The message of collaboration in hip hop is um, underexplored. Yeah. But some of our favorite records happen by way of collaborations. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a real thing. But take the collaboration off of the record and take that collaborative energy into real life. So that's what Legacy Talk Only is permitting me to do. Having real life collaboration sessions, Mm -hmm. learning and empowering. I got to work with Dear Fathers. Right. That organization who came to the Bay and we had a conversation. At the Chase Center, right, Mm -hmm. Golden State Warriors inviting them into the Chase Center to have a conversation on mental health and black fatherhood. Mm -hmm. I love this type of shift that's happening. And I love that I was able to create art that exists in this intersection brought to me by having to explore my grief. Right. So who Kamayu has called me to be and continues to call me and who Kamali calls me to be is shaping my world mm. in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that like in terms of the, the, what I was able to explore in the project, right? 
um, there's a particular record called Blessings of the Father. And the verse opens with what I believe. Uh, I'm master getting up from getting knocked down. Grateful for another day to go and get these gifts out. If I remember that, not the words of the verse, but if I remember that habit of mind, mm. it is aiding in my wellness exponentially because life has given us several knockdowns. But if I am in the practice of mastering how to get up from those and then using it to create the conditions that allow others to get up, yeah, others to go inward. So when I say wellness is a new genre, uh, these are the type of nuances that I mean that we get to explore. And it's, it feels beautiful, no matter what the road ahead looks like as an independent artist. My deepest reward is watching my family grow in their own wellness as we listen to and celebrate the songs that mark the, the, the you know, the, like the mile markers on the journey. Yeah. Each one is like a flag on the journey to remind us of where we've been. And if we don't, and if we miss those reminders, we can't look past Kamali and the way that she's actually grown while I was recording this project. <laughs> when you listen to the album, you'll hear some, what like you have to listen closely, but you'll hear baby vocals all through the album. <laughs> right. You'll hear Kamali's. Mm-hmm. and her laughs and her chuckles so much so that she remembers them in all the songs she <laughs> when knows she where hears her vo- them she does them. yeah she knows where her vocals are in every song which by the way leads me to believe was more intentional than hell yeah <laughs> she was, was like her leaving her little mark the I'm mic on, is on, on you think i'm, I'm not gonna drag. get on? you better give me my royalties stop <laughs> playing with me Wait, <laughs> ah, well actually which is another way a legacy right yeah kamali is listed as a writer on the project yes uh, as are you but Something we watched happen that's so profound. If you go to like to some of the earlier projects, the younger Kamali, she's just in my arm, sometimes looking silent, sometimes making a sound. Then you hear her embedded in like melodies and maybe laughing on beat. <laughs> but in one of the final recordings of Legacy Talk Only, Blessings of the Father, you hear her make a vocal feature. yes she does it's the reminder for me it's the reminder for me that I am modeling pathways of wellness for her through the intentional storytelling through the creation of the art quality time together I have heard over the years four years how much art takes people away from their family. Yeah. I was determined for the opposite. That it would bring me and my family closer together and take us more places around the world. And Kamali is evidence of that for me. From, yeah, just her goos and guys. <laughs> now she's playing music. She's drumming. <laughs> she's playing the piano. Yeah. She's singing, right? So, there's a lot of legacy embedded in this project, uh, much of which I'm still going to have to explore myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm a patient farmer. <laughs> right? Yeah. And B 
being able to come to this space and have the habits of mind I need to keep going, mm-hmm. which is one of the craziest phenomenas in art. The idea of taking something from an idea to a actual real life product is a phenomena. And then to do that over with repetition is mind blowing. And that's what we do. I celebrate that Rika. I admire that about you over the years, like true to an artist. You are very much true to an artist in the art form. When I'm listening to you talk about legacy talk only, I think about that day where I said nothing could come from this. And I have to be honest with you. When I said that, I wasn't talking about me. Not singularly. That was a message from me to you. Because I know the type of artist that you are. And I know that you have that goingness. You will always keep going. And even though like at that particular time, we were just laying in bed a few days after experiencing Kamayu's double transition, I was afraid of the world consuming my story at that time. Mm -hmm. Consuming our story. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand yet how important reference was. Mm -hmm. But now... You know, time has brought me to this knowing of the significance of reference and what it does and how it makes room for others. And I'm so incredibly grateful for your tenacity and your will to continue to allow yourself to experience the emotions, the deepest of them, especially the ones in grief. Experience them and then write about them and be courageous enough to record them. And then let them go. And I think it's so profound and powerful because the way we started this conversation was about a brother who came to you in a barbershop to let you know what it meant for him, what it's doing for him. So I celebrate you and the work that you're doing and the impact that it has because of why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. Not only for other people, but for yourself. Truly, truly, truly. It when I fee, thank you so much for speaking into me this way, for standing with me, for aiding in my wellness, and also aiding in those fire ass harmonies <laughs> on the project. <laughs> no, I appreciate your contribution. Uh, and you allowing me to create, even though that like nothing could stop it, you could make it less easy. <laughs> and you don't, you add ease. But what I'm but I'm also saying that for every song that I've written that's pertained to our grief, Felicia has heard every lyric first because I'm sensitive about what parts of the story I share. Mm-hmm in the medium of music that can be so mishandled, right? Mm -hmm. That art form can be celebrated, but also so mishandled. And I won't allow the mishandling of you and our story. Mm -hmm. Thank you, babe. I thank you, (laughs) but I also thank all the people who have handled us well. 
right? Mm-hmm. The art and the story and the fullness mm-hmm. and the music and the family. I really appreciate the way folks have held space for us. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let folks know, you know, um, for the artists who are processing these feelings out loud and who often feel like the machine mutes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder to myself and to us all that they can never mute the impact on the human spirit. Ooh. And it may take a little longer to find out how you've reached or how you've impacted people. But there's no machine that can mute that. So I'm reminding myself to keep creating in this abundance. Because the amount of people who find reference in the music, who find feelings they could not articulate themselves or words they did not have access to themselves, is plenty of the reference we need. Yeah. And sold affirmations for artists. Come on. <laughs> we need that. We need to affirm ourselves on the journey. Straight up. Straight up. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. Thank you to our lovely team of editors. (laughs) From our family to yours, may we love more abundantly. And remember, wellness is a new genre. Peace. Peace.